Thanks for joining us today for the Lighthouse Church Podcast. We love hearing stories about how this podcast and how our church encourages and allows us to use God's Word to reach others not just in our area, but all over the world. If you got a story about something you've heard on this podcast that has made a difference in your life, let us know by emailing us at amen at lighthouseag.com. We'd love to hear about it. Also, if you'd like to help this ministry financially, you can do so online at www.lighthouseag.com by clicking on the online giving and help us bring this message and others like it to you each week. Thanks for joining us. We encourage you to open your heart and minds today to experience a word from God. I want to encourage you that you do your part by getting out, by informing yourself, studying to see what these candidates believe, and voting in such a way that promotes righteousness in our nation. If as a believer, you step back and do not do your part and don't speak up and take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us to have an influence upon our government, then we're kind of stuck with whoever will speak up. And oftentimes it's people who may have a different belief system, a driving force that's different than what yours is. And so I want to encourage you to get out and avail yourself of the resources that share with you and to be a part of that this coming Tuesday. Question for you, what are you hearing about Jesus? What are you hearing about Jesus? She asked this question, will it ever get better? But no one seemed to have an answer for her. Perhaps it never would change. Suffering was something that she was familiar with. She knew what it was like to be an outcast. She knew what it was like to be forgotten. She knew what it was like to be scorned. She knew the shame of being both looked down upon and pitied. And she didn't like either one of those. Over the years, she had heard the snide remarks questioning what had she done to cause her to deserve this to come upon her. She knew what it was to suffer physical pain and discomfort. The symptoms never seemed to go away. She knew what it was like to suffer financially. For she had spent nearly everything she had looking for an answer, but found no relief. In fact, her condition continually grew worse and worse. Emotionally, she was tired and worn, but that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was the distance that she felt from God. When she thought back, she realized it had been 12 long years since she was able to participate in temple worship. How she used to look forward to those trips of going to Jerusalem with her family as her father would go and offer sacrifices to the Lord. She remembered the annual trip as a child with her parents and the joy and the excitement that was in the air, the sense of being alive and being close to God. But now her condition disqualified her from temple worship. If that were not enough that she was excluded from the celebrating the feast and worshiping God through offering sacrifices, she had to be careful around her husband and others that she didn't inadvertently defile them or someone else causing them to become unclean. She had thought maybe she could just go to the temple and worship anyway. No one really had to know her condition, especially since it was so far away. 
But then she remembered that those who disregarded the warnings could actually result in death because in Leviticus chapter 15, verse 31, it says, you must keep the Israelites separate from things that make them unclean so that they will not die in their uncleanness for defiling my dwelling place, which is among them. She was in town that day when a large crowd of people came walking through. She recognized one of the men in the crowd His name was Jairus, and everyone in town knew who Jairus was because he was the leader at the local synagogue. Jairus' daughter had been ill for a period of time, and people were talking about it, and nothing they did would seemingly made her any better. The other man she recognized as well. He had been teaching in the small towns around the Sea of Galilee for some time. Large crowds of people had been following him, and he had created quite a stir. There were many stories about the miracles that he had performed. The fisherman Peter, his mother-in-law, was sick and he laid hands on her and instantly her fever left her. In Capernaum, he had healed a man who was paralyzed. And Jesus told him to take up your mat and walk. And when he said that to him, immediately he took up his mat and began to walk. He created another stir when he healed the man with a shriveled hand on the Sabbath day. And he was also known for delivering people who had demonic possession. People who could not be controlled. He cast demons out of a lot of people. In fact, the people in the area were were talking and they said they had never seen anything or anyone like that. In fact, on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, just a few miles across the sea, there was an area where there were some tombs. As children, they had heard, don't ever go over there. It was the stories that they had heard of this crazy man who lived among the tombs. He was wild and out of control. Day and night, he would run through the tombs screaming and yelling. He was usually half-dressed, and they had tried to intervene in his life, and they had put chains on him and bound his feet. But whenever they did that with irons, but whenever they did that, even the chains could not keep him. He would break the chains, tear the irons off his feet. No one was strong enough to control him because he was controlled by demonic spirits. But he met this man, and ever since that one encounter, he had become a new man. They say now if you see him, he's clothed and he's in his right mind and he's actually going around to the cities that surround that area and telling the people the good things that God had done in his life. Now his disciples also tell a story of a time that they were out on the sea and a great storm came up and the waves were coming over atop the ship and these seasoned fishermen feared for their very lives. They thought they were going to die. And this man simply stood up and spoke to the winds and the waves and they obeyed him. And immediately the sea became calm. And this man was different. He was different than any other religious leader or any other teacher they had ever met before. There was something about him. He was kind and he was caring. Not like most of the religious people she had come across. They say that when he healed the man with leprosy, that he actually reached out his hand and touched him. You see, religious people don't do that. First, because they don't want to get the dreaded disease themselves. And secondly, they don't want to defile themselves. 
but he didn't seem to worry about being defiled. He was even seen having lunch with tax collectors, prostitutes, and sinners. And she thought if he's done all of this for others, maybe, just maybe, if he's done all of this for others, when she saw him coming by in Mark 5, 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Did you hear that? When she heard about Jesus, I want to say that again. That verse is key for us to listen to because she said, when she heard about Jesus, she thought, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what she heard about Jesus, but it must have been something good. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what she heard about him, but whatever she heard about him produced hope in her. It produced in her a positive, confident expectation of good. I want to say that again. What she heard about Jesus produced inside of her a positive, confident expectation of good. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. The hope that she had in the goodness of God caused her to press through the crowd and to reach out and grab a hold of him. And when she did that in Mark chapter 5, verse 30, it says at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciple answered. And yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole story. And he said to her, listen to these words, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. One of the things I want to remind you is that under the law, when the unclean touched the clean, the clean became defiled. Do you hear that? Under the law, when the unclean touched something that was clean, no matter how clean and pure it was, when something was unclean touched it, it defiled that which was clean. However, Jesus, under grace... When the unclean touches the one who is clean, when the unclean touches under grace, when the unclean touches one who is clean, it doesn't defile the one who is clean. There's a transformation that takes place, but it makes the one who's unclean is now clean because they've touched Jesus. Do you see that taking place? Jesus was completely different. Neither this woman nor the leper were able to defile Jesus. But they were infected by his righteousness. 
And that's something that you and I need to understand. Throughout Jesus' ministry, all the others were always worried about making a mistake or don't you know who it is who's touching you? Don't you know who it is who's around you? They're unclean. Jesus didn't worry about that because his righteousness, when somebody reached out and grabbed a hold of him, it was not him being defiled. In fact, their lives were transformed. His righteousness somehow was injected into their beings and into their spirits. And that's why they could walk away free. That's why the leper could walk away free. That's why the blind man could walk away free. That's why prostitutes and sinners who would come into contact with Jesus, they didn't make him. Prostitutes and sinners didn't change Jesus. When they came in contact with him, he changed them. And may I just say to the church, I think it's very important that you and I get this in our heart and in our spirit. I think there's wisdom that comes from, I'm not going to spend most of my days at the brothel. I'll just be honest with you. That's, you probably won't find me there. You're probably not, you know, you're not going to find me there. However, this, you and I do not have to be afraid when we go out into this world because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in us. When you go into your workplace, the demons need to tremble. The addictions need to tremble because you carry with you the power of the risen Lord inside resident in you. And so you may have friends who have problems and difficulties. They are not going to change you. As you walk into that situation, you carry the power of Jesus inside of your life. And so as the church, the idea of us hiding out and worrying about coming in contact with someone who has some kind of issue or has some kind of problem, friend, you are going to transform the environment where you walk, where you work. Quit hiding in the back. Quit hiding your light. Quit putting your light under a bushel. Tear the bushel off and let people see the spirit of God that lives and dwells inside of you. Let the spirit of God be the thing that transforms your neighborhood. Let the spirit of God be the things that transforms your place of employment. One of the things that I want to encourage you to do is to expect good from God. Everybody say, expect good from God. Jesus was not offended by this woman's reaction to hearing who he was. And he's not offended by your faith in who he is. He's not offended when you expect something good from him. This woman, when she heard about Jesus and she heard what he had done, We don't know exactly what all she heard, but when she heard about him, there was something inside of her that motivated her to say, all I got to do is touch the hem of his garment. He does not have to turn his face to me. He doesn't have to speak to me. He doesn't even have to acknowledge me. In fact, she was in a condition in which she probably hoped that he wouldn't, but she knew this. He doesn't have to say anything to me. He doesn't have to reach out to me. He doesn't have to stop the crowd and point me out. All that has to happen is me reach out and touch the hem of his garment. She believed what she heard about him. She believed what others had said that he had done. And so she thought, if I can just touch him, he doesn't have to touch me. He doesn't have to stop and turn his eyes upon me and call me out of the crowd. Listen, friends, listen. In this sanctuary... You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You just come up here with praise the Lord and be filled with the Holy Spirit. No one has to lay hands on you. No one has to call you out from the crowd. Jesus is here. You reach out and touch him and he'll give you the desires of your heart. 
And so as we call out to the Lord, as we reach out to him, we need to understand that he is able, he's more than able, and you and I need to expect him to do good things in our lives. This woman said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, what I've been going through for 12 years, I'll be made whole. Listen to what Jesus said about asking him in Matthew chapter 7. Because some of us think, well, I believe that God will do that for somebody else. But will he do it for me? Well, Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 says this. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who's saying this, those of you who have red letter edition Bibles, what color is this? Is it red? Are you sure? So Jesus is saying this. This is not the TV evangelist. This is not somebody else. This is Jesus' words, and he makes this statement. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. What do you think he means when he says, ask, and it will be given to you? I think he says, if you ask for it, I'll give it to you. What do you think he means when he says, seek, and you'll find? He means if you seek, you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Do you see that? If you, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Everybody say, how much more? So he's just saying, if your parents, if as parents, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more abundantly will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. In John chapter 10, Jesus made this statement. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said this. He said, the thief cometh, who's the thief? Satan, the devil. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, what's the opposite of abundance? Lack. The opposite of abundance is lack. And Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Whatever it is that you need in life, Jesus has come that your life may not be a life that's marked by lack, but a life that's marked by abundance. Whatever abundance means, okay? That's Jesus' words to us. Some other words when you think of abundance are plentiful, ample, lavish. The opposite of what he has for us, the opposite of what Jesus has for us is scarce. Throughout scripture, we find that God honored people who ask him. Jacob wanted the blessing of the Lord upon his life. And he was honored because he was willing to wrestle with the angel of the Lord. And he said, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, this simple, just a very short passage that just in passing mentions this guy named Jabez. And then this, the author, his name slips my mind right now, has sold billions of books on it. 
the prayer of Jabez. I mean, you got the prayer of Jabez jacket, the prayer of Jabez Bible cover, the prayer of Jabez coffee mugs and pictures. And it worked out pretty good for this dude, the prayer of Jabez. And it worked out pretty good for Jabez as well. Jabez said this. It says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. He was someone who did the right thing. One of the important things that we read there after all the things, so in everything, do the others what you would have them do for you in Matthew 7, when Jesus says to ask, seek, and knock. But Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. That's not like the name you want to have. His name was synonymous with suffering, with pain. But Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, and he said, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And notice what the verse says. And God granted his request. You see that? And God granted his request. We're out of time here today, but I just want to say this to you. What have you been hearing about Jesus? What have you been listening to about Jesus? Our series is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. And when you start changing what you hear about Jesus, some of you doubt your beliefs and you believe your doubts. But whenever we start to listen to the things that the Word says about Jesus, stop trying to explain away why it's not going to work for you. Take His Word for what it says. Quit making excuses. God's big enough to stand up and speak for himself, okay? Don't make excuses of why it's not going to work for you. Stand up. Just believe God. Trust in him. Put your faith in him. As we say that to you, the question is, do you have a positive, confident expectation of good from the Lord? Are you expecting? Do you have a positive, confident, let me say that again, a positive, confident expectation of good from the Lord. If you don't, you're dishonoring him today. If you don't have a positive, confident expectation of good from the Lord, you're saying that Jesus is not good. You're saying that the Lord is not who his word says he is. You're bringing a reproach to his name. You're you're saying that's not, you're calling him a liar. And yet many of us feel like we're being humble because, well, God, whatever you just want to do. You know, well, he he says he wants to pour out a blessing on you that you don't have enough room to contain it. That's what he says. He says he wants you to be the head and not the tail. And friends, you and I need to be into his word and seeking him and asking of him. And whenever these fears start to come into our minds or these doubts start to come into our mind, we need to be instead speaking what the word of God says. This woman, when she heard about Jesus, she thought to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. When you hear about Jesus, what do you think to yourself? Changing the way that you think and what you believe about God. If you believe he's putting up with you, like you're just a disappointment to him, you're believing a lie. The Bible says they believed a lie and were damned. You're believing a lie and you're feeding into the enemy schemes. Well, God is always going to suffer. It's always going to be this way. That's not what this woman thought. 
She said, I've heard about Jesus. I've heard how he loves prostitutes and sinners and how he's compassionate and kind to people. I think if I can just touch him, he'll heal me. I want to encourage you that if there's something you need from the Lord today, some of you may say, well, my marriage is never going to be different. That may be true if it weren't for Jesus. But when Jesus comes on the scene, I believe if you reach out and touch him, he can heal that. Some of you may say, well, I have a family member who has mental illness, and they don't want to pray for mental illness. Oh, well, I'll tell you something. Tell that to Legion. No one could tame him. They had no hope of helping that guy out. All they wanted to do was just keep him from scaring all the kids, and they couldn't even do that. They weren't trying to help him. They were just trying to keep him from scaring everybody away, and they couldn't even stop that. But one encounter with Jesus, and he changed that. I want to encourage you today. Let's ask God. No, how about you in an act of faith? How about you step out from where you're at? This is what the woman did. She pressed through the crowd, and she wanted to get close to Jesus because she said, if I touch him, he'll change me. He'll change my situation. 